This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Town travel to Shrewsbury for the Paul Hurst Derby on Saturday. Will we see some rotation? Will we see any goals? We talk about all this and much more on the latest episode of the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing the town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and you're tuning into the pre-match show in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. This is the Shrewsbury Away edition and joining me for one of the last few times of the season. Um, you're not going to miss the research, are you, Seb? Um, Seb Brown's here. Seb, how are you? I'm all right, thank you, mate. Yeah, I'll have to work out what to do with 90 minutes to two hours of my my working week, where I uh, <laughs> I do all this. I have to do something productive, won't I? No, I'm I'm good, thank you, mate. Looking forward to meeting up with you guys at Shrewsbury, and that's yeah. I think I'll do crew after that, but then I think I'm I'm done for the season. But I have I've joined the season ticket ranks this week. I have. I know it seems very strange living four and a half hours away, but yeah. I mean, the good thing is petrol's very reasonable at the moment, so it won't cost yeah. much to go to go back for a game. But no, I uh, yeah, I've taken the plunge. I've I've joined the season ticket crew like you guys. So so, uh, yeah, let's see how we get on, eh? Oh, optimism. And, and uh, after all this time, it's probably been... When was the last time that you had your own season ticket? Well, I, 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 I did that. 2004-05, I think, was the last season I had one because I remember having a big argument with my dad because I was at uni and I went to like three games a year and he said, I'm not paying for that. And I said, well, that's ridiculous. That's incredibly selfish of you. <laughs> so, he, uh, yeah, he cancelled he cancelled it and kept his own one. But, I've uh, yeah, I've, I've joined the ranks again this year. So, hopefully, I'll get to see a season like that next year with a, a slightly better ending. I was going to say, 04, 05, probably the last season, maybe 14, 15 in there as well, where we actually had some meaningful opportunity for success. I was going to say, we, could, we didn't really have success, but it was a good era, wasn't it? So there you go. It's been Seb's fault, everyone, since 04, 05. But now he's redressed the balance. Balance <laughs> is restored to the force. <laughs> Seb's amongst us as the season ticket holder. Oh, that's great news. And last time out, you were struggling a bit under weather, um, doing, doing better this time. 
Yeah, negative, thankfully. So I'm allowed to go back out and rejoin society again. I know you, may, you, you can go out anyway, but I chose to, to stay off. I didn't want to risk infecting anybody or anything. So yeah, no, a couple of coughing issues, a couple of breathing issues, but looking forward to getting back out in the fresh air on Saturday on the, on the terraces at Shrewsbury. I was going to say, you're usually the positive one on this show, so it's, it'll be a nice change for you to be negative. There you go. There's a, there's a COVID-related joke for you there, which is with, made with very bad taste. Let's move things on and talk about some news. And on the day that we record this, Seb, this is the one-year anniversary of the Game Changer takeover. I, I quoted up um, and did a clip of our reaction show from that day. Um, thinking back this time last year, I was moving house or I was about to move house. It was a stressful time. But Ben's words on that show are the Marcus Evans era is over. Um, talk about your your feelings a year ago today and how do your expectations compare to where, how you felt this time last year compared to where we are now ninth in League One and staying now for another season? Yeah, I mean, like Joe, Mikey and Dave broke it down on the live show last night. You just have to look at it in two different areas, don't you? Look at the on-pitch stuff and the off-pitch stuff. So on the pitch, you know, five, six, maybe out of ten, it's not gone amazingly. I think, you know, we haven't moved forward since they took us over. But the squad is in so much of a healthier place. We seem to be set up for success and off the pitch nine, nine and a half. Have they really missed a beat at all in the last 12 months? Everything we wanted, we've had. You know, we now have interaction. You chat with Mark Ashton on this podcast. Could you imagine ever getting an interview with Marcus Evans back in the day? Um, so we now have visibility from the ownership group. We hear from them all the time. The stuff on Twitter, the Americans do when they can't get over. The, the, you know, Portman Road has got 25 and a half, 26,000 people in it to play Cambridge as we sit ninth in the old division three you know it's 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 chalk and cheese to a year ago I was excited when the takeover happened I did think I, I still thought a little bit last night I thought we might gate crash the playoffs because we were only three four points off it I think when they took over but obviously that didn't happen and and I kind of thought like everybody that the summer of change was needed maybe not to the level of 19 in and, and, and 20 out but overall it's such a great time to be a town fan isn't it you know I know this season hasn't gone to plan but you know we can probably pick seven or eight of next year's starting 11 likely right now can't we so we we, we trust McKenna we know what he's going to do I'm really excited to see what he can do with a full preseason with some of the players like Harper coming back Edwards you know can he really coach and develop these players and I think next season could whisper it you know touch wood it could finally be I guess what we thought 2019 2020 was going to be when we were top of the league after 12 games or whatever I think it could be a, a great time on the pitch to match up the fantastic stuff off the pitch so it's it's a brilliant time to be a town fan yeah and a lot of people will be feeling very similar to you in getting season tickets right now as well so optimism builds and and, and, that's, yeah. and that's part of the reason I've done it you know if, if we were still in the Marcus Evans era I would never ever have considered it you know it, it, it was it was it, we were a club but there was no point to us was there let's be honest no point to town whatsoever we just went from season to season and when we got it wrong we got it wrong badly and got relegated but when you're there for the you know the Pompey game and the Plymouth game and there's 25 26,000 people in the ground and the North stands in full voice you know and you're seeing great attacking football and you know it just it, it, it makes you want to get back involved and that's, that's that's part of the reason I've made that decision. It's you know, it's it's based on what game changer and what McKenna have, have brought to the table in the last twelve months. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Well, if you're if you want to relive all of that early optimism and um, some of the access, the unprecedented levels of access um, that Seb was talking about there, we've done a retweet 
Now you can find it obviously on our YouTube channel and our and our podcast feed if you scroll back far enough. The reaction show with Ben, Craig, and Joe from the the morning when the announcement came out. Our chat um, with Phil from TWTD with Mark Detmer that went out last summer with Craig, I think it was from our team. And you mentioned it as well, Mikey and Joe and Dave. Our midweek Q and A show did drill into you know, a year on as well. So that's available as well. So head to our Twitter, Abloom Monday RTFC to access that. Um, the live Q&A you can find at the top of all of our feeds right now until this show comes out. So look underneath us after you've, after you've finished hearing about Shrewsbury, that is. Finally, in terms of bits and pieces of news, Seb, and this is interesting and relevant when we talk about the weekend opponents as well. Um, Kira McKenna is nominated for Man of the, Manager of the Month for March, three wins and two draws, you're telling me here. So I believe you when you say that. He's got the management, the manager of the month curse out of the way <laughs> by losing to Cambridge last week. So we should we should be all good if he wins it um before the weekend. It's probably deserved, isn't it? I mean, Stephen Schumacher was the other one, wasn't he? At Plymouth, he lost to us, obviously. Uh, Shrewsbury lost to Oxford. So I think we're the... Oh, no, Liam Richardson's um, also nominated. And they've got the same record as us, haven't they? Three wins and, and two draws in the month. So it's between him and Richardson, I guess. And like you say, he got it out of the way last week to set ourselves up for the big game against Shrewsbury this weekend. Finally, in terms of bits and pieces of news slash um, looking ahead to the weekend's action... Um, Heartbreak for ITFC women last weekend. Uh, the critical title decider. A lot of optimism around that for very good reasons. Took the lead, um, managed the first half really well. And then a tactical switch by Southampton. It's kind of sucker punch brace of goals just after the restart. And then they saw the game out um, quite professionally. In, and that gives them the crucial title advantage now with the games in hand they've got. Um, it's theirs to lose, really, but we can hope um, for a slip-up. It's happened before, and it's not impossible that it won't happen again. Town returned to match action, and it's a really good one for us. We're uh, Along with some of our um, subscribers in a group that we're kind of calling the friends, all friends of Blue Monday, we're sponsoring the match with a match sponsor. Um, so shout out to Andrew to Ed, Chris, and Chris with a C and Chris with a K, and to Mark as well, who have joined us in doing that, and we will be there. Um, if you haven't yet been to an ITFC women's match, what a great one to pick in respect of um, it being sponsored by us, um, but a real good opportunity for town to get back to winning ways as well. Um, beat Chichester and Celsius, the opposition, beat them 4-0 in the away game earlier in the season. They lost to Portsmouth midweek. But they are second bottom, five wins, two draws, 16 defeats, negative goal difference of 33. The only league way win they've had is a basement club Hounslow. So a real opportunity for town to get, a, a, hopefully, a morale-boosting win. They need to keep winning anyway. There is, you know, yeah. you can't step away from the title action. It's still, it could go to the last day. So you need to keep those hopes alive. Southampton play Portsmouth. On the last day of the season, maybe they'll do us a favour. So we need to get back to winning ways. Really good opportunity to do that on Sunday. And hoping to have Maddie Biggs and Silvana Flores fit, um, who missed out last time around as well. So yeah, there's ITFC Women News. Anything, bits and pieces to add there, Seb, apart from... They've got to play Oxford still, haven't they, as well? When's that got on to play the Oxford. horizon? Is that so that's two weeks' that... time. Okay, so and is that at the on... Gold Star? Yes. So the next okay. two games are at the Gold... Well, the next three games. So Chichester and Celsi. Celsi? It's a weird word. 
this weekend, sponsored by Blue Monday, Friends of Blue Monday podcast. Next weekend, Easter weekend, annoyingly. Um, so people might be out and about for Easter Sunday, but um, London Bees, I think it is. And then Oxford the week after. So okay. big crowd for that one. Let's get behind the team. Yeah. Let's like give say, them... All- all they can do is win. We win the games and see what happens. You know, we know they've got two games in hand, Southampton, but all we can do is win. It's you know, it's better to have the points on the board than it is to have games in hand, and hopefully one of the other teams can do us a bit of a favor. And we know this team are beatable or drawable, if that makes any sense. So there is still hope there, but um yeah, need to get back to winning ways, need to put it out of the system and and regroup and, and finish strongly for what has been an immense season as well. So we're super proud of that team, obviously. And um, we'll be, we're very much looking forward to sponsoring the, the match on Sunday and picking the player of the match and all that fun stuff as well. So do join us if you can for that one. Talking about weekend matches, Seb, let's talk about Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury? Shrewsbury. Is it Shrewsbury? Okay. Yeah, Shakespeare didn't write the taming, taming of the shrew, did he? I don't, well, I, I think it might be one of these local pronunciation things because I think it's like Bowie and Bowie and Bowie. And there's always, there's, oh, I always hear two. Tomato, tomato. So, yeah, exactly right. Let's, Let's call, call the, the whole, whole thing, thing off. off. Let's call the whole thing a ruddy. So, <laughs> Shrewsbury. I'm going Shrewsbury. Yeah, I'll, I'll going Shrewsbury. We're, well, we're both going to Shrewsbury in from different directions. Tell us where they are. I mean, it's a really weird team to talk about, Shrewsbury, because league position you're going to tell us about um, in second. But there are some really, they are high performing in certain areas. Yeah but not doing well in other areas. It's a very it's up and down team, isn't it? Yeah, normally you do the research and these things all kind of tie in. You know, a side that's mid-table will be mid-table for possession, shots and goals conceded and stuff. But yeah, like you say, they are punching above their weight in terms of the, the chances they create and the goals they score. And yet they're they're massively overachieving their defensive stats. So they're, they're currently sat 16th in the league, uh, played 41 games, won 12, drawn 12, lost 17, scored 41 uh, goals and conceded 39. So they're on 48 points. They're not going to go down or anything. And they're in a decent run of form at the moment as well. They lost to MK Dons last weekend 2-0. But before that, you know, they'd won three and lost two of their last five games. And I think it was six clean sheets in the last eight. And one of those included a 3-0 win at Rotherham. I know Rotherham have gone a little bit ropey recently, but their recent form is is, is pretty decent going into this one, isn't it? It is. And yeah, I, I'm looking at the home form. You've given me the information here. Home form 14th best in the league in, on 32 points. But as you say, won their last two there. So there's definitely, this is a really difficult one for us to call, particularly more about where we find ourselves going into this match as well. We'll talk about Ipswich team. There's chat of illness in the camp as well. Yeah. So that's not going to help. Remind us last time out when we faced Shrewsbury. So we beat them 2-1 in a Paul Cook era game. Uh, October, I think it was early October. Uh, Chaplin scored early on in the fourth, well, 23 minutes into the first half. Sean Wally equalised on 28 minutes. And then Bond scored from a Lee Evans corner. We scored from a corner. I don't remember. I, I wasn't flicking. there. Pick I on. wasn't there, so I, I don't know. But I just read that and thought, my God, we used to uh, have dangerous. I guess Lee Evans probably swung in. We used to have dangerous delivery, and we could we could score from set pieces. But no, we we, we beat them earlier in the season two one, um, and our overall head to head against them is pretty decent, isn't it? You know, we've won sixteen games. There've been nine draws between the two, and they've only beaten us three times. And we're actually unbeaten in our last eleven games against them. So you know, hopefully, touch wood that run continues on uh, on, on on Saturday because it's a team we normally do pretty well against. I 
remember going, it was, I think it was the only time I've ever seen Ipswich win a penalty shootout. I did the, the 2009 Roy Keane era, Connor Wickham scored twice, um, uh, Carling Cole League Cup game. I think it was the second or third game of the 2009-2010 season, and he played the reserves. I think Reggie Lamb and that lot played. It was a three-all draw, and then we won on penalties. It was brilliant. I'm trying to re- I think there the you mentioned the three defeats there is quite a chastening mid 80s FA Cup kind of giant killing defeat in there if I'm correct I'm just trying to find out I might or it might have been the league there was a 2-0 defeat um January 84 where I think I I I guess they were maybe the division below at that time but yeah a couple of FA Cup defeats in there one in 82 as well where so the the defeats of Large, there's two out of those three have come in the FA Cup. And I think one of them, it was, it's on my match of the day, Ipswich Town history video, where the post-Bobby Robson era, everything is starting to kind of crumble yeah. a little bit. And I yeah. think a Shrewsbury Cup defeat is in there. So there'll be people a little bit more advanced years who, who know better than, than us about that. But hopefully that's ringing bells rather than me chatting nonsense. Let's move on quickly, Seven. Let's talk about their running. So they will have him. a say. Yeah, they'll oh. have a say in the in the end, the final shake-up. They've got us obviously uh, at the weekend. Then they've got Sunderland away, and they've got Wigan away on the last. Uh, sorry, Wigan at home at New Meadow on the last day of the season. So they are playing a few of the the the, the top of t- the top teams, I guess. They've also got games against Doncaster and Charlton thrown in there as well. So, like I say, they're not going to go down, and they might have a bit of a say as to you know who can gate crash the playoffs or, or who can get automatic with with the Wigan game on the final day. I kind of feel like this is a copy and paste of Cambridge from last week. Pretty sure Cambridge had similar fixtures yeah. to these ones. It's weird. We said, how... that. We said, we said they'll have a, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I guess there's so many teams competing, though. You've probably got the top third of the division, haven't you, going for the sixth space, which naturally you're going to play a, a few of them. But it does seem every week we do this and we see teams will have a, a say in the final shakeup. Talk to us about the, the, the last time out against MK, some very telling stats, but also. Um, yeah, some stuff that Cottrell came out with as well. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. So, you know, us and MK are very similar in terms of being a massively possession-based side. They lost 2-0 uh, away to MK Dons, which is no real surprise. They only had 34% of the possession, uh, had seven shots, only two on target, but MK had 10 shots and six on target. They created two big chances in the game, but they missed both. It was a, a decent save from the MK keeper for one of them. And then Cottrell came out after, I thought it was quite interesting, and said they basically the team didn't follow the instructions given. So they had a guy, Tyrese Fauna, we'll come on to him. He's on loan from Forest. He's sort of their defensive midfield screening option and apparently he stepped up to uh, to go and close down a ball and left space in which Scott Twine immediately was uh, uh, got into that level of space he picked up the ball played a through ball through to Moisa for the opening goal so I thought that was quite interesting because if you know if you look on paper you see us and MK Dons and think we both play similar kind of football you know we'll keep the ball and knock it round are we going to be seeing similar kind of tactics from Shrewsbury but now they've had a, a warning shot across their bowels what happens when they tend to, to break from those rules we might just see Fauna sitting there all, all game trying to deny whoever plays in the number 10 role be it Chaplin, Selena, or Luca, or whoever that space and I guess they might be a little bit more sort of disciplined against us and a bit more well drilled having been burnt at the weekend. Disciplined. I wonder whether your thoughts on whether Fauna might be um, might be dropped because of that indiscretion. Well, I'm not sure because they they haven't got the biggest squad in the world and the natural cover. We'll come on to the, the likely li- the likely lineup, but David Davis is their likely sort of central midfield cover, and he's he's out injured, so I think he will still play. Um, I just think he'll be a lot more wary of you know moving out of position and, and leaving that space open to uh, to be exploited by us having had that ring in his ears from Steve Cottrell on Monday morning. I did enjoy you use the words "follow the instructions given" without saying this sound 
and beforehand and then going woo 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 like our bumpers do so i that that I, I heard those words in that order. I always expected to, yeah. To you immediately panic. You think there's a fire drill or so a start like, of a Blue Monday like, podcast. Oh, there's something that I can't hear. What's going on? Uh, talk about Steve Cottrell then. We mentioned him a few times, a fellow manager of the month nominee along with Kieran McKenna. Um, yep. Had real serious health issues post-COVID, didn't he? He did, for a while yeah. last season, but he's doing well for them now. He's, he's Yeah, they went on a great run as well, I think, before he got ill. And yeah, he's obviously continued that. Yeah, he has. Yeah, so we know him more, I guess, as a, you know the next level up kind of manager. You know, he's very experienced at championship level with the likes of Bristol City and Burnley and stuff. But he's he's joined uh, joined Shrewsbury in November 2020. He's managed 57 games. He's won 21, drawn 15, and lost 21. So 1.37 points per game, which across the season works out at what in the 60s or something. So you know, pretty comfortably kind of mid table. So he's he's doing a decent job there because they haven't got the biggest playing budget in the world. The stadium's not that big. So I think he's doing I think he's doing a, a fairly good job there. Like you say, he had issues with COVID last year. I was looking into the, the, the game last season and I cannot remember it at all. It was a nil-nil draw, unsurprisingly. I remember the postponement game because I think we went up there in January or February and frozen the pitch, pitch. Was pro- yeah, frozen. And we turned all the way around and went back down again. And the replay was the penultimate game of the season, I think, the, the last away game. And I've got no recollection of it whatsoever. Two bits spring to mind. And again, pe- feel free to correct me in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. One is, I think, Kieran Dye did the post-match interview. And two, I okay. think Vincent Young fractured his shoulder or something. I, I think it was that, Charlton. Was it Charlton? I thought it was against Shrewsbury. Okay, maybe you're right, yeah. I might be wrong, but uh, those are the, the mo- <laughs> those two facts might be both non-facts, fake news. But those are all I can remember. Yeah, another one of these crap nil-nils that yeah. were happening about this time um, at the end of last season. And yeah, Steve Cottrell, I mean, I, I possibly may be guilty of lumping him in with the same ilk as Pulis and McCarthy and and that kind of lot. But I, th- I think maybe there's a sense that he's a little bit more progressive there. I mean, there's a certain style of play that we're going to talk about shortly. Um, but as you mentioned, his, his, his time has largely been in second tier level, sacked by Birmingham, I think, before going into Shrewsbury. Um and he's obviously doing very well there and has has brought the, the squad together there. So, um, yeah, good for him. And he's got a defeat on his roster here for his March output, which possibly puts him in second fiddle for, to McKenna and Richardson. But um, I'm sure in terms of relative success, that's a pretty decent month for any team at this level and certainly for not wishing to patronise them for, for the likes of Shrewsbury. Let's talk about kind of attacking, defensive kind of possession stats here. You mentioned the goals scored. I kind of alluded to it at the start of the intro as well. This is where it gets weird, isn't it? So the goals scored in no way reflect where they are in the league. So they're they're not amazing at scoring goals. They've only scored 41, which works out at one per game, which is the fourth worst in the league. So, you know, by, by that merit, they should be further down the table. They only average 11 shots per game, which is the sixth worst in the league. And they only create 1.2 big chances per game. So this is not a side that scores goals, has a lot of shots, or creates much at all. 25% of their goals have come from set pieces it's a bit lower when they play at home i think it's 10 goals from from set pieces interestingly did you know we've scored eight goals from set pieces this season yeah i'm trying to i yeah well you mentioned one of them but yeah bon edmondson at plymouth but i can't think of many more i think did lee evans get one maybe in the there's a penalty game? I, count i presume so 
Have we had many penalties? I'm not sure we've had many penalties either. I, I Chaplin mean, scored one at Gillingham. Piggott scored. Well, I don't know. But yeah, I was just surprised. I looked and saw that we'd scored eight from set pieces. So yeah, they are not a side that are going to be creating a lot of chances or, or firing off shots from all angles. Um, and the possession is a, a similar kind of story. You know, it's the average is 42.7%, which is the second worst in the league. Slightly higher at home, 44%, albeit, which has only moved them up one place. They're still third worst in the league for possession. And the ac- accuracy isn't great either. It's 60, 65%. 5.3% accuracy, which is the seventh worst in the league. So they are not great at attacking or creating chances or scoring goals, and they're not very good at keeping the ball. And yet they are pretty comfortably in mid-table because they are very, very good at defending. Their defensive stats are absolutely superb. So they've conceded 39 goals, which is 0.95 per game. That is the third best in the league behind Rotherham and Wigan which sounds crazy given where they are in the league, isn't it? Uh, 14 clean sheets, only two less than us. So I guess if you take out, you know, McKenna's crazy clean sheet record, that's quite a stark, you know, comparison to have 14, uh, only two less than ourselves. Most tackles per game in the league, 17.4 tackles per game, which works out at 16.6 at home. It's slightly higher at home. And they've got the best interceptions as well, third in the league, uh, at 10.1. So this is a side that, you know, really, really solidly defensively. We mentioned Tyrese Fauna, who's sits in front of the the back three. They're really, really well-drilled side defensively and they're going to be hard to break down on the weekend. Yeah, and, and that's where I, I, I kind of, as I mentioned right at the start, my worry is is uh, we don't score many goals from set pieces. So where are our goals going to come from? That We'll talk more about that when we talk about us, I guess, later on. And and, and I guess you know, some, in terms of, you mentioned that, there's probably a high energy, high intensity it doesn't surprise me Steve, a Steve Cottrell team likes defending. I, I, yeah. I can imagine their recruitment is a large proportion about that, you know, players that want to do that. Um, Dave Davies is one of those kind of players, you know, from Birmingham that, you know, just loves to defend. And, and Mick McCarthy was good at recruiting and putting together teams that do that. So when that when that happens, that foundation is really good. The trouble is the quality maybe is lacking, but... In terms of the attacking options, we'll talk about the personal. There's a, a good, the strikers have got a good number of goals. I mean, the goals come from the attackers. They're not spread out particularly far amongst the rest of the team. But yeah, it is high intensity, I would guess. You mix it up, would you say, in terms of the way that they like to pass the ball as well? Yeah, so they the, the, the will be they will mix it up during the game. They sort of average seventy three percent short passing and twenty percent sort of long balls. They like to play with width, so seventy six percent of their attacks come down the flanks. They tend to focus more down the right than the left. It's it's forty two percent of attacks down the right hand side. They will get a lot of crosses into the box. They average twenty one crosses uh, per game in in wow. their home matches. So this is going to be a day for the likes of you know Burgess, Wolfenden, and, and Danassian to be really on it and strong in the air. And they're an aggressive side, like like you say when you think of for some reason, I think of Cotterell, like you say, is you know an aggressive manager, the kind of manager that gets the players in their face and you know gets stuck in. They've got 67 yellows and six red cards. The, the six red cards bit is the, the joint worst in the league, along with Gillingham and Accrington. And I guess when you think of their kind of style of play as well, you kind of associate them all together, don't you? Yeah, and every week we talk uh, after the fact about teams that like to do the dark arts against us. I'd yeah. imagine they're quite good at that, particularly if they were to sneak a one goal advantage like Cambridge did last week. I'd imagine they'd be very good at seeing those kind of games out as well. But it's, yeah, this kind of stuff worries me a little bit, to be honest, mm. about about where we find ourselves as well. So 
Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Let's talk about the the personnel, Seb, and the formations. Is a is a three at the back. Uh, it we is, talked yeah, about MK Dons and yeah, the setup more, of that. So more and more sides at this level now. It seems to be it most weeks we end up with a a four a, a three at the back kind of system. I remember last week doing the research for Cambridge and we were a bit surprised they were a, a four at the back side. And I think McKenna came out and said that pre match, didn't he? And said, you know, it's quite surprising to be playing a, a side with four defenders as opposed to, to, to three and wing back. So they normally do a three five two. That's been used sort of twenty times in the league, or they've done a three four one two or a three four three. It's normally a, a slight variation. But it'll definitely be the three, the three centre backs. It'll be Marco Morosi will be the goalkeeper. He's the the ever present. He's the guy with the fourteen clean sheets in forty one appearances. And they've got a guy Harry Bergenjon who's the the, the backup. Uh, Bergenjon like beef Burgoyne. versus meat. That's a dinner, isn't it? Bur- beef Bergenjon, Burgoyne, surely. Oh, whatever. I can't wait for this to be over, so I have to. I can stop. Oh, no, I love you for the pronunciations. At least you got Marco uh, Morosi right. And and if Mollet's listening, there's an ex Coventry um, klaxon that you can sound there. Next country oh, right, okay. keeper. Uh, Matthew Pennington, you can still find him, the formerly of the Paul Hurst era. I thought he was all right when he was well, asked. I thought him. he was okay. Yeah, ball playing centre back. One of those perennial Everton loanees who signed a five year contract and got loaned out five years on the bounce and eventually released. I thought he could do better than Shrewsbury. I'm not being disrespectful or, or patronising. I thought he would, you know, maybe be slightly higher up the pyramid, but he'll be the, the right centre back. He's made 40 appearances with three goals. Uh, Ethan Banks Landell. So he was subbed at half time against MK Don. So he is an injury doubt. Um, he's made 33 appearances so far this season, but he might not figure. Uh, the other centre back will be Tom Flanagan. They signed him from Sunderland in January. Uh, rings a bell. I'm sure I saw him in the Sunderland documentary. I think he was the guy who said about when people go up to you in the supermarket and start shouting at you for being rubbish at football. I think that was him and I felt a bit sorry for him. So Maybe he got out of the no, he no, got no, out of the, the cauldron that was Sunderland and moved to uh, to Shrewsbury. They've got a guy called Aaron Pierre. He's sort of the, the bench cover options. I guess if, if uh, Ebanks Landell is injured, he might step in. And they had a guy called Matthew Bonswell on loan from, from Newcastle, but the Newcastle decided to recall him because he made 11 match day squads in a row on the bench or something and didn't figure once. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so Newcastle recalled him to play with their under 23. So they haven't got that much defensive cover, uh, but we'll come on in a minute to the midfield. And there's an option that could could drop back if need be. Uh, right wing back, like we said, they like yeah. to focus down the right hand side. Uh, Elliot Bennett, 40 appearances, one goal, six assists. So he's joined with another guy we'll come on to in terms of the assists makers. And left wing back is George Nurse, 40 appearances, no goals, but but four assists for him. I was gonna, yeah, I, I kind of Elliot Bennett in bold kind of was ringing out for me in terms of those assists and, you know, a really highly experienced player as well. I think ex-Norwich, right? Yeah. Ex-Norwich, ex-Pompey. Yeah, definitely ex-Norwich, I think. Yeah, Blackburn. Maybe Blackburn, I'm thinking of. Blackburn, I think as well, yeah. So, very experienced player. A lot of games at championship level. And uh, when you said a lot of the attacks come down the right-hand side, that doesn't surprise me with him in the team. So, yeah, he's going to be a player to look out for on, on Saturday. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes Burns running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. 
for about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And some, uh, you know, a familiar name in midfield, unless we've mentioned him already, another name in midfield that we'll talk about in terms of the defensive screen, but possibly a name that folk are less familiar with who's having a really good season in Luke Leahy. Take us through these guys, seven seconds. Yeah, so so Luke Leahy, I think we picked him out. When you do, at the start of the season, you were doing your player to watch. I'm sure we chose him for the uh, uh, for the home game. He's got eight goals and six assists. He's the joint top assist maker with, uh, with Elliot Bennett. <clears throat> uh, 37 appearances so far for him this season. Now, he's a bit of a utility player, so he can play either left back, left midfield, central midfield. And as a result, he does tend to naturally drift left, even when he is playing in the central midfield role. But he can also slot in at left centre back. So if he banks Landell is out injured, they might move to either uh, Pennington or Flanagan to the centre and Luke Leahy could be the one to drop into that left centre-back position. Uh, that might be an option, in which case they might go to a 3-4-3 three, three and bring another front option up. The other midfield players are likely to be Josh Vella, who came through at Bolton. He's a, he's a name that I remember from yeah, Bolton. Yeah, we were linked with him a few times, weren't we? I think so, Under yeah. Paul Jewell. Yeah, 31 appearances and uh, one goal, one assist. And we mentioned him, Tyros Fauna. He's on loan from Forest, joined in the, the January transfer window. He's the defensive option. He's made 14 appearances. He'll be the one that sort of sits there and looks to to screen and really look to shout out the space like he, he messed up with last weekend. Unclock the David Davies, who I mentioned just before, is injured. But yep. he, yeah, in respect of the, the type of player that Cottrell likes, there you go. But he won't be available um, no, he's out. He's out injured. They haven't got the biggest squad in the world, to be honest. They've got Sean Wally. He was the guy that scored against us at Portman Road. He's, he's getting on now. I think he's 34, 35, maybe. He can cover the right-hand sort of attacking side, but he's likely to be a bench option. Uh, and Josh Daniels as well covers the, the central midfield options. But the, the, the three should, in theory, be Josh Vela, Tyrese Fauna and Luke Leahy if, if Ebanks Landal is fit at centre-back. And the, the strike, I mean, if we're looking at striking options in the summer... Unorthodox to consider Shrewsbury. Again, one of the names that we know who um, I think was um, struggling, wasn't he? Ryan Bowman. Um, didn't he go off injured at Portmore? We'll take it to hospital after, during the game against us earlier in the season. Um, but he's got a great return in terms of goals. But yeah, there's a key man up front, a phys- big phys- physical presence. 
Yeah, there is. Yeah, so Ryan Bowman's got nine goals, three assists in 37 appearances. And Daniel Udo's got 12 goals and four assists in 41 appearances. He likes to drop a little bit deeper and kind of link the play with the midfield and and sort of, you know, look to spray the ball out to to Bowman, who'll play the more advanced of the roles. But yeah, he's a a big physical presence. And we spoke earlier about they're going to want to get, what, 21 crosses on average per game. He's going to be the main target to launch that ball into. And we're going to need the likes of Burgess to be on his toes up against him because he's a big physical threat. Yeah, he's had a very mixed career, really. Started out at Kidderminster and, you know, he's gone through, he's played for basically every single team in the Midlands. You know, he was playing at Leamington, my, you know, my former local team, non-league team up in the Midlands as, as recent as 2018. You know, this is a real season out of out of nowhere for him. He's kind of peaking in terms yeah. of his career. He's a, he's a good age, he's 25. Um, this, is a, this may be kind of a formative season for him. Uh, you kind of go beyond those two, though, Seb, and, you know, Tom Bloxham's a name I know, but probably from doing research yeah. for the previous pods. Beyond the starting 11, and the strikers are different, the, the options become limited, don't they? And that, that probably is part of the issue, maybe, for, for why they're not higher in the league. Yeah, potentially. There's not much there at all. Tom blocks them, and they've got a guy, Saki Janow, on loan from uh, Bristol City. They're kind of the backups. Sometimes Tom blocks them. If it's a 3-4-3, sometimes blocks them, comes into that sort of right-handed sign, right-handed attacking uh, position. So I guess that could be an option if if they do a reshift with uh, with Luke Lay going into the centre-back position, or, or or Wally might come in there. But the, the squad isn't big enough at all for you know for, for what they need. A couple of injuries, and you know they, they get hurt quite badly. Yeah, worth record- mentioning that we, we record this a few days before, obviously, the match. We haven't yet heard from Steve Cottrell as yeah, no. pre-match yet. So there could be stuff that we're unaware of here as well in terms of injuries. Don't think we've got any suspensions, albeit we know there are <laughs> six red cards. Um, there might be something we've missed there. But, uh, yeah, this is a strong first team, Seb. There's goals in this team, admittedly, from the primary sources of the strikers. So do a job with those two strikers and you possibly cancel out the threat, but you can't discount someone like Pennington heading in a corner. So yeah, lots of different threats to deal with in terms of what we need to do to impose ourselves on them. It's a really difficult one for us to call this because essentially season over Yeah, illness in the camp, as we mentioned before, we don't know who that affects quite understandably. Uh, we've got some issues from last week to address in respect to the selections as well. So, yeah, talk us through what you're thinking would be. So, so we don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll rule out the illness thing, I guess, and we'll have to assume that you know the, the names we give here are going to be available. Surely, uh, Carroll drops out of the, the starting eleven. Surely, Backerson comes back in for a you know an away game where you might want that little bit of grit and and, and I guess more physicality in midfield. He's got to come in surely alongside Moores, hasn't he? And I guess the other one might be for, for Thompson at left back. Are we going to see Matt Penny maybe get a game? You know, they're strong down the right, so I guess Thompson's. Better defensive qualities could prove useful. Penny always strikes me as a player better going forward than he is defensively. So maybe he'll stick with Thompson to counteract the threat by Elliot Bennett. But they're the two big ones for me. And I guess, you know, we know, unfortunately, our season is over. So are we going to start to see the likes of Tyree Simpson on the bench and Cameron Humphreys on the bench? El Mazzoon's on there last weekend. You know, McKenna's come out today, hasn't he, and said, we'll put the strongest team out and stuff, you know, and then think about the next game after that. But surely it's going to be a time to have some of these guys on the bench at possibly the expense of the likes of 
of Tom Carroll and stuff. You know, if, if they're, I know McKenna said they haven't made any plans for next year regarding contracts. However, they must be, you know, have one eye on next season. And, and surely, if Carroll isn't going to be here, then surely you, you, you drop him out of the squad, you bring Backinson in, and you replace Backinson's bench position with uh, with someone like Cameron Humphreys, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Um, well, you mentioned um, Idris Elmazuni there. Um, he's one of the players in the squad. What's uh, what's the he's doing Ramadan? Partaking in Ramadan. Partaking yeah. in Ramadan. Yeah, it's a great video. I, I urge everybody to get on there and uh, and give that a watch. It's a great video he's done for the club today. Good insight. And Andy Andy Corrin's mm. it the, the conditioning coach as well. It kind of explains that. It's a really yeah really interesting um, insight that and as to how to manage that situation, which makes me think he's unlikely to start possibly. But yeah, you know Morsey is going to start, so you you can't you know rule out potentially Morsey or Mazzini. It's going to be quite an interesting balance there. If, if Backinson, we never really got to the bottom of the why Backinson wasn't in the team. I wonder whether he might be one of these players that's kind of, that's maybe started the illness that's, that's gone maybe. through the team perhaps. But, but then he was on the bench. So, you know, I guess if you're yeah. on the bench, you have to be available in case you get an early injury to somebody. So it was a strange one last week, but but yeah, surely... Carroll won't won't start this weekend, and he'll look to bring to bring Backinson back in surely. And I guess it's a good chance for somebody now because they said today, and they were recording this on Thursday night. So McKenna's done his pre-match today and said that Lee Evans had a setback. So I'm guessing now there's no point trying to rush him back, is there? You may as well rule him out for the last five games and get him fit for for preseason and for August. So I guess somebody now has a chance here to stamp their authority alongside Morsey for the remaining five games and give McKenna a bit of a selection headache going into next season. We talked full time last week about it wasn't a great game for Chaplin either. Yeah, is there? A, we possibly talked about maybe there's a role for Chaplin further up rather than as being one of these two tens behind a forward. I mean, the, the attacking lineup is something we debate every single week, isn't it? So I, I'm pretty convinced we're not going to see Tyree Simpson. You might feel otherwise. Is it time to revisit the whole Joe Piggott situation or? Yeah, what's your thoughts on that? There are pluses and minuses to every option. Aren't they? That's the problem we've got with it. You know, Norwood wasn't amazing last weekend. Uh, Bond's been out of form for so long, but but Piggott was pretty awful in that game against Oxford, wasn't he? So it's a real tough one. Nobody stands out. If it was me, I'd probably give Piggott another go simply because he's the only one contracted to be here into next season so at some point you're going to have to make a judgment call on him and I guess the only way you're going to get that is to is to play him and see what he can do he's better with his back to goal which I guess if you've got the likes of Selena in the side and Chaplin maybe looking to push on further if they can get him behind and he can hold the ball up and play other players in and and if not he's going to go for the physical option of one of either Norwood or Bond but you know, both are, are so out of form and, and not doing great that it's 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 a real pickle what you do at the top of it. What what would you do for the, the central striking position? I quite like the idea, and it's not gonna happen. I quite like the idea of the, Pig the Pep and Guardiola. Oh, okay. I thought you could say the Pep Guardiola, just have like a front no striker. A front yeah, front three of Chaplin and somebody yeah, yeah. Did you see Pep did um got the Academy players to be the ball boys and ball girls for the Atletico Madrid Champions yes. League game. And they so threw the ball in incredibly quickly Madrid to cut down. Yeah. Waste time. What a great idea that is. Maybe yeah, somebody else's but... time might want to try and, <laughs> try and fancy Nick and that. Um, the, yeah, I quite like the idea of Selena and then Chaplin Piggott as a two. Like okay. A little large, but it yeah. won't happen. It won't happen. But... Why well, you, we, what do you do? We're in experimental time, so <clears throat> let's say let's say Piggott, Chaplin, and Selena. Why not? Hey, Luca doesn't tend to start away from home, does he? So no, you're going with me, are you? That's exactly yeah, there. yeah. I don't think they'll play as a two, though. I think that it would be the two number tens, and Piggott is the okay. focal point. But I've got no idea what I'll do. It wouldn't surprise me if Bond starts. I'd be surprised maybe if Norwood does start, but. 
that front three, we just can't work out a, a decent variation. Selena aside, we can't work out a variation that's sort of hitting form and clicking, can we? No. Dare we ask about predictions? I'm not feeling good. I've, I know I'm the positive one, but I look at all the stats for a side that doesn't concede goals. I look at us with the side that doesn't score goals. Then I think, are we suffering a bit of a hangover from last weekend? Then I could see it being a nil-nil, which I know isn't great. I'll, be, I'll say one-nil to Ipswich. Go on, I'll be positive. I'll say we'll sneak something, but it's not going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I'm apprehensive, and because and I'm going, I think it'll be a nil-nil. Mm. Um, nil-nil strikes me as the obvious, because they don't concede and we don't sorry score. Sorry, everyone. So. That would naturally be two, two, three at the backsides cancelling each other out. But I'll stay the positive one. I'll go for a one-nil win. There you go. So, so, it'll and be then everyone else will lose. Happens. Everyone in the top seven will lose. Yeah, exactly we'll be sat right. in a week's time going. We're only five points off. We can do it. We can still do it. Miracles do happen. <laughs> then we'll lose what? to Crew or something after the Easter games. <laughs> yeah, we'll beat Wigan and Rotherham, won't we? <laughs> hey ho. Either way, we we back to talk about what happens both on Saturday straight after the game. We're now doing these 10-minute reaction videos. So one of Seb, Craig, or I will be speaking to Ben, I think, at full time. And that will go straight down our YouTube channel about 6 o'clock-ish, quarter by 6-ish, depending when we can record it. Just give instant reaction, our sense of how the game had gone. And as I mentioned, the three of us, Craig, Seb, and I are at the game. So we will be doing the flagship show on Sunday morning. And we'll put that out as soon as we can. We've tried to get that earlier and earlier. So we put it out at Sunday lunchtime last time out. Um, maybe we'll put it out at 10 o'clock. I don't know. If you've got any thoughts on when you where you appreciate the flagship being available from, at Blue Monday ITFC, at Ipswich, give us a tweet, let us know that. We're always keen to get your feedback on when the right time is. But certainly, I think we've come to the realisation that Monday morning is just too late. But as long as it's there for your Monday morning commute, that's all that matters. So Sunday night is probably where we're aiming for. But earlier maybe better who knows i've said a lot about that haven't i in terms of other bits and pieces on the channel we mentioned the mark ashton interview and the simon milson interviews with phil ham at twt that we've done there also go and check out the live midweek show with mikey dave and joe i'm talking about the takeover and as i mentioned before on our twitter are all the details for all the shows that we've kind of done in um assessing and discussing the takeover since last year. So the announcement show, the Mark Dempmer interview, all of them available there. All the bits and pieces you need to know um, are on our website, bluemondayitfc.co.uk for all of our social media, all of our YouTube podcast feed, as well as how to sign up if you are interested in signing up for our leveler slash telegram community messaging thing, which is I'm really enjoying. Yeah, it's really good. It's growing. You know, the it's 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 a two week free trial. Then it becomes a, a subscription service, and the numbers have remained so strong, haven't they? You know, I kind of thought, oh no, we're going to wake up on Tuesday morning and there'll be three people left in the group. But it's the opposite. You know, the groups are growing, and there's what seven different groups now focusing on you know the academy, the ladies team. We have a match day one. We have General Ipswich Town one, and you guys have got one for stuff like golf and golf. cricket that I try to to mute as much as possible. But yeah, it's a brilliant community it's great to get engaged with people you know we're sat there watching champions league games and premier league games and chats are going on and we've done a a player of the season poll in there which we're going to feed back to the the club to get included in the in the overall vote and it's it's a brilliant little community um that, that that's growing you know day by day and we strongly recommend come and give it a go two week free trial you won't lose anything for those those two weeks it's great to see what we all chat about and then you know at the end of the two weeks you can make your decision but it's just a great little community that that's, that we're looking to build and it's it's, it's been really 
really good so far. I don't know about you, but I'm using Twitter less and less. Yeah, it's great. This. It's, it's so and much nicer. It's, it's brilliant, yeah, because you get all the, all the chat that you want to have on Twitter at full time following a game without the... Some you're of the wrong and you're a stupid idiot. For yeah, you're, you're an idiot. You're completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. So it's just much nicer. It's, it's a nice place to be. It's a great little great lab we've got going. And please come along, join us and, uh, and see if you like it, because I think you probably will. Okay, Roll, well, as I mentioned, Blue Monday RTFC.co.uk, the link is there for Telegram. That's what you need to sign up for there. We'll, we'll retweet it. We haven't tweeted it for a while, so we do that as well. So, yeah, do get involved in that. I think that's it in terms of plugs apart from today. Nope, it's not. Obviously You've supported by the great. There you yeah. go. Come on now. Trust the host. I know that I screwed up last week. I was worried because you didn't do it again. I was you thinking, do oh, that. no. <laughs> I saved the, save the best to last. You do, You talk about the greyhounds. They've gone. Well, obviously, we're away this weekend, so there'll be loads of you left in Ipswich. So what else are you going to do over the weekend for a, a Friday, a Saturday night, a Sunday roast? Get yourself down to the greyhound. You've got the booze at the back with the heaters, so it doesn't matter if the weather's a bit crap like it is up north at the moment. Great selection of Adams on tap, and it's the only place to be in Ipswich this weekend. I think they started putting weekend breakfasts back on the menu as well so okay ideal and the rumor is that seb's only renewed his season ticket because he wants to go to the ground more so what more endorsement do you need than that no one's been clamoring and asking for where's sliding doors gone rich and seb well don't worry all of you zero people who asked where it's gone it's back this week And the YouTube copyright police screwed us over. So that's why, Aqua's that, gone. That's why no one's asking about it because Aqua's gone. It was it was the Aqua that kept bringing everybody back week after yeah. week. So um, I I did quite like that kind of trip hoppy thing. Though. I mentioned that before. So yeah. Um, so I haven't got the league table. I'm not prepared at all, apart from I was probably gonna, top. Yeah, you were top. I'm not. Who did he play last time out? Was it Ben? Maybe it was you. Was it me? Yeah, oh, I won. The week after. I won last time. Yeah, out, I think. you won last time, but overall. Oh, you're you know scoring yeah, a consolation absolutely. goal a Jimmy Bullard 30 yarder and a 5 1 defeat doesn't mean anything, does it? <laughs> that, is exactly, that is it's exactly irrelevant. a great description in terms of yeah, sliding doors moments. That's what it is. So, we tell us, tell everyone what we're talking about this week, Seb. So, we were trying to work out who we hadn't done, so to speak, and we've gone for the Jim Magilton era, which I think is the last of our you know, you've got to appreciate we're both uh, sort of coming up mid to late. How old 30s, do you think so. I am? <laughs> there I know you're old days. I know Thanks. you're older than me, so I'll take that one. Uh, so we, we decided that Jim was the last one we haven't done of the uh, of, of the our era kind of managers. So we're both focusing on Mr. Magilton this week. Am I okay to go first? Of course, if you want, yeah. So I've gone for, you might see the shirt behind me. So this is the, we used to have shirts in two-year kind of uh, packages. So this oh, is the 0708, nice. 0809 design. And you told me the sponsor changed, which I'll, I'll bow down. It was to Eon. Yeah, okay. Who I work I'll, for. Profile. I'll bow down to your far superior shirt knowledge. So I'm going for the 07-08 season, which is the year we were incredible at home. You know, amazing Liverpool, Man City levels of performance at home, but we were absolutely awful away. So I'm going to go for the second game of the season, which is the first away game of that season, which was away to Plymouth. Alan Lee scored after two minutes. We, we, kept, we won 4-1 the, f- the first weekend against Sheffield Wednesday, I think it was. It, yeah. We absolutely battered them and we were amazing. Alan Lee scored a couple and Pablo was back and Gary Roberts, Gary Roberts scored, scored an amazing volley. Yeah, so we were absolutely flying. We went to Plymouth. Uh, Alan Lee scores again after two minutes and we kind of think, okay, here we go. But they equalised with a penalty on 85 minutes from Ebanks Blake. And then after that, we did not win an away game until uh, until Sheffield Wednesday in the February of that season. We were absolutely crap away from home. I remember Magilton coming out and saying they were going to try and mix up 
you know, training times and meal times and prep routines, all that kind of stuff. But we were absolutely crap that year away. Amazing at home and rubbish away from home. And I just think if we'd have hung on in that game for another five minutes and seen that out to be a one-nil win, then this weird hoodoo and this weird curse that seemed to build every time we went away from home would have, uh, wouldn't have been a thing. And we only missed out on the playoffs by one point. Though. You've got to remember, it was the Alan Lee header against Hull in the last game. So we miss out by one point. And surely, <clears throat> if we can win that first away game of the season, we follow that with some better performances and gatecrash the playoffs that year. So that's my sliding doors moment. Beat Plymouth in the first away game of the season in the year with amazing home form, and we get in the playoffs. So these are going to be very, very similar. So I, I don't think you can choose any other season apart from 07-08 because of the one point that caused us to miss out. And our goal difference was superior. We we actually finished, did we finish eighth? Yeah, I think than, so. We finished two places off the playoffs. But at one point, we? we were in the playoffs on the last day when Alan Lee scored, do you remember? <clears throat> yeah. Somebody so, else, I don't know who it was, wasn't winning. So Wolves and Watford finished on 70 points. Watford got the sixth spot by one goal. Is that I mean, they got sixth on seventy points? Got seventy points. God, I yeah. wish that was. I wish that was the total this year, don't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for the Paul Cook era when Chesterfield got sixty nine and got in the League One playoffs. So yeah, I'm going for an away game as well. But you mentioned hoodoos and curses and what have you. I don't think there's a bigger hoodoo and curse than our away form at Norwich, and the game in November where. The game of the week of the takeover, no less as well, I think. Oh, um, yeah, the, the, the note in the... Yeah, yeah. We're effing loaded at Carrow yeah. Road and Town race into a two-goal lead at half-time, uh, courtesy again of Alan Lee and Pablo Canago, I think it was. Yeah. And this Norwich team is destined to finish 17th, three points from safety with Glenn Roder in charge. It was actually Glenn Roder's first match in charge. And in this team, the damage is being done by a 38-year-old Dion Dublin, a 32-year-old Jamie Curitan, and a 32-year-old John Hartson. This is a Norwich whose powers are on the serious wane. We would go on to be relegated next season, the season after that of the 3-2 win at Portman Road when Brian Gunn is in the dugout. And what's worse is 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 that we have a 2-0 lead in this game. And let it slip. And in terms of momentum, you know, you want to start the new Marcus... <laughs> we're talking about takeovers, aren't we? But start the Marcus Evans era with a win. Um, see off a team having been two goals up, but they just bullied us that day. I remember Dublin was obviously a bit of a unit anyway, very slow at that point at 38. Um, same age as I am now, actually, so I can't think what I, much good I'd be doing for Norwich at the moment. Um, but they brought on hearts and a half time, and they just bullied us. It was just men against boys, and there's a Garvin own goal in there. It's That, to me, a game, if you win that one, then I think even, well, yeah, if you win that one, I think that's got more meaning for it because it's away at Norwich. Again, we talk about the record there very rare that we get wins at Carrow Road we also take a point off Norwich that would have put them further towards relegation we the road era doesn't have a nice confidence boost of coming back from two goals down and as you've said we actually end up with two more points than we would have got otherwise and that would have put us certainly in the playoffs 
what I didn't check and what I will check now if I can pad for time is whether that would have put us beyond six. So that would have put us actually in fifth place. We'd have been on 70. No, we would have been, we would have been sixth place. Yeah. Who so would we faced in the playoffs? Who finished third that year? Can you see? Yeah, we'd have played Hull in the okay. playoffs. No, we beat them on the last day. So we, we, we'd have been going into good form with that one. Um, so they were the ones that went up in the playoffs in in that season as well. So that of the Dean Windows final, I, I can only guess. So there's my pitch is, is the two all draw with Norwich, two nil up so, yeah. to two all against a load of a team that was destined for relegation a season later. And for similar lines to you in terms of the away form, by the way, we've drawn a lot of games away from home. We don't, we lost quite a few as well, but um, in terms of what it's happened after that, so we drew away at Burnley, we drew away at QPR, but after the Norwich defeat, we then had six away defeats in a row after that. So ultimately, the the run ends at the point you mentioned at Black, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, and um, that of the Alan Quinn goal. I Alan think. Quinn, yeah, yeah. Um, but that draw with Norwich, I think, further reinforces our away fragility, so that we are chucking more points away from home. So there you go. That's my that's my logic. I've spoke much longer for Seb. I said probably unfair but it doesn't matter you've won it this season anyway doesn't it so it doesn't matter so um we will put the usual twitter poll out after we put the link out for the shows give us your vote let us know who you agree with um and it doesn't matter it's all for fun how about that there you go is there no prize don't i get a prize into the season yeah you i can i'll come up with a prize if you want yeah that sounds really menacing that sounds yeah, weird. I'll give, I'll give you a prize. Yeah, yeah how, about, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a Blue Monday mug. How about that? Cool. Good stuff. Let's um, let's listen to some more music. That is your lot. Thank you, Seb, as always, for all of your research, all your insight. Appreciate that conversation. Really enjoyed that tonight. And... I look forward to seeing the outcome of Sliding Doors once more time. I'll come to you for the final word, as we always do, but just enough time to say head to the Greyhound, our partners for this show. Um, Check out our latest shows, the midweek one with Mikey, Dave and Joe. Come back for the post-match instant reaction show on YouTube on Saturday night and the flagship show, which will be out on Sunday with Seb, Craig and I as well. Don't forget to check out Leveller. And Blue Monday, ITFC.co.uk is where all the details live, all the key pieces of information. Um, Seb, I'll let you say goodbye. So thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in. Uh, still five games to go. You know, it's still a great time to be an Ipswich Town fan. So let's let's look to build the season with some momentum. Enjoy Shrewsbury and come on, you Blues. <laughs> Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.